Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. With us again today on our broadcast is Francis Ball. Francis, thank you for being with us again. I'm very happy to be here. Today we're going to come to the final portion of chapter 2 and the first marriage in the Bible. But first, I wonder if you'd review the two main points revealed in the first two chapters of Scripture. These first two chapters in the book of Genesis are so foundational and yet so mysterious, so brief and yet basic to understanding the whole Bible. Every item in these first two chapters really needs the whole Bible to develop. For example, you have a tree of life. Christ is really the the tree of life, as we've seen in previous broadcasts. Then also, there's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. These two trees are pictures, and all the other items in these first two chapters, they are really pictures. What God wants to show us here is what his intention is, what his purpose is. So even the creation of man is a marvelous, marvelous uh, revelation to see how God fulfills his eternal purpose by creating man. And he created man in such a way that God himself could be expressed through man. And he had a purpose in creating man that man would have dominion, would exercise God's dominion. So we see in these first two chapters that we've covered so far, God's purpose is to express himself through man and exercise his dominion through man. And then in the beginning part of chapter 2, we begin to see how God is going to accomplish this purpose. Thank you, Francis. I have a lot of anticipation about the life study that we're going to get into today as we look at this first marriage in the Bible between Adam and Eve and all that that foreshadows in that figure. So let's join Witness Lee with today's life study of Genesis. We come to the end of Genesis 2. Humanly speaking, we all could understand it because it relays to us a marriage. Adam was created, but Adam didn't have a wife. So God made him a wife, and the two got married. By reading through the whole Bible, we could see, my, at the beginning of the Bible, such a marriage is absolutely altogether an allegory. Why? Because later on in the Old Testament, God told his people, thy maker is thy husband. The creator of man is man's husband. The greatest apostle Paul tells us clearly that the church is the wife, and Christ is the husband. And this is in a corporate way. And he also tells us in an individual way, he says, I 
espouse you to one husband. You all are a wife to Christ. Then in Ephesians, Paul says, Adam and Eve, they too became one flesh. And that was a mystery. That the marriage itself is not a mystery, but the significance of the marriage is a mystery. And this mystery signifies Christ and the Church. Don't forget these two chapters, chapter 1 and chapter 2 of Genesis, show us two things. Chapter 1 shows us God's eternal purpose. Then after this, chapter 2 continues to show us the way to fulfill God's purpose. The first step is to make the vessel. The second step is to put the vessel in front of God, the very life. Now the third step is just to make man to have this life. How to make man to have this life? My, it's not so easy. But praise the Lord, here we have an allegory. I believe you all know the story of Adam's marriage. But, sorry to say, probably some of the basic view. You have never been impressed with. In God's intention, man was purposed to be tied, typifying God as the universal husband to get a wife. So God looked at Adam. Adam, you are so nice, so perfect, but do you know you are just one half? Amen. You are sure of something. <laughs> you are too lonely. I will get you another part. So God brought all the cattle in the field to him. Say, <laughs> say, God brought the horse to Adam. And Adam, look at Adam said, this is a horse. This could never match me. Okay. Then God brought item after item, item after item. Say, God brought a lamb, a big lamb. And Adam, Adam look at, wow, this is something too strong. Too strong. I don't like this to match me. Get away, you are just a lamb. And so forth, and so forth. He didn't like all this, but he did have the wisdom to give a proper name to everyone. And everyone got a name, and everyone was satisfied and went away. <laughs> After finishing this job, Adam, in a sense, was somewhat disappointed. He looked at and she checked every item of God's creation. Not one was qualified right. to match him. He was disappointed. God knew what he was doing. 
God would say within him, Adam, don't be disappointed. You just be patient a little while. I make you to sleep. And he slept. And God <laughs> opened one of his sides and took a rib out of that side. And God not made, but built it. Build it a woman with that rape, which is part of this man. Right. And now, when Adam wakes up and look at Eve, Adam says, This time it is. All the former times were not. Surely this is my counterpart, and this is also my second part. Francis, this is very interesting because, as Witness Lee pointed out, we could look at this story of Adam and Eve and simply and quite obviously see just an account of the first marriage. But he made the statement that the marriage is not a mystery, but the significance of the marriage is the real mystery. What is this mysterious significance as it relates to God's purpose? Surely that statement that uh, marriage itself is not a mystery Uh, anyone could understand. If you just read this account without the uh, light of the rest of the Bible, you figure that God has just made a record here how man and woman were meant for each other. God didn't want man to be alone, so he brought forth a woman to match him. But the significance of this is much deeper than just a marriage. I think we can see very clearly through the rest of the Bible that here the man Adam is a type of Christ. Even in the book of Romans, it mentions specifically that Adam was a type of Christ. And Eve is also a type of the church. So the real mystery in this is the seeing of Christ and the church as a marvelous, loving couple. This is not just a story of a marriage. This is a picture, and this is an allegory pointing us to the eternal purpose of God, that God's intention in creating man was not that he would be alone. Even in creating man, he included woman, and the woman came out of the man's side. And this is a picture that the church really is a production out of Christ's own death. And the mystery is that man represents Christ, and the woman represents the church. Thank you, Francis. Let's return to Witness Lee and look more deeply into the aspects of this wonderful marriage. If you have seen the basic view, you can see all the significance of this allegory. Man was a type of God. God is the real universal husband. Before God got the proper man, God, was alone. It was not good for God to be alone. God was absolutely, eternally perfect, but God was not complete. He was perfect. If to say God is not perfect, that is a blasphemy. 
Our God is eternally perfect, but without the church, he was not complete. Wow. He was just like the husband, one part, one half. He was short of the other part. Like the head, he was the head without the body. No compliment. So when he said, Adam, it is not good for you to be alone, that means God considered not good for him to be alone. Then what God did? Firstly, he became a man. And he got a human name, the name Jesus. God became a man. Adam was a photo. Now the real man came. Then one day, this real man, this real Adam, the last Adam, was made to sleep. Slept on the cross. And now you must remember that Eve was builded with a boom. Could you follow me? Eve was builded with a piece of boom of item. And now Jesus on the cross, his boom was not broken. Then the soldiers did one thing to pierce one of his sides. And something came out. Two things came out. One is the blood. And we know the blood is for redemption. And the other thing is the water. And this water is the flow of his divine life. Which produces the church. So you see how something came out of the sleeping item from his side. And that something became the very wife. Now this real Adam was also sleeping. While he was sleeping, something also came out of his side. And this something eventually produced the church. Is this clear? Not only so, when Adam waked up right away, Eve was there. When Jesus was resurrected from the dead, the church was brought forth. Now Jesus, like what Paul portrayed in Ephesians 5, would say, my, this time, this time, <laughs> in Genesis 1, Jesus would say, I saw all the cows, lambs, tigers, turtles, fishes, birds, and so forth. Not one of them can or could match me, Jesus. But this time, when I see the church produced by my death and resurrection, I would say this time it is 
bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. What does this mean? This time it is something that comes out of me. Francis, this picture is absolutely marvelous that Adam and Eve really typify Christ and the church. Especially, I'm intrigued by this view of Christ on the cross, not just accomplishing our redemption, but in addition, there he released these two substances that God utilizes to produce a bride for Christ. Yes, this is really a marvelous, marvelous picture. In John chapter 19, it mentions specifically that when his side was pierced, out came blood and water. Well, this is not just a fact, but this has a very deep significance. We all know that blood stands for our redemption, and the water that came out of his side stands for his divine life. When Christ died on the cross, he died an all-inclusive death that took care of everything negative, which is indicated by the fact that blood came out of his side. But not only blood, water came out of his side. And in the Bible, water represents life. The Lord Jesus said, The water that I will give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into eternal life. So water here is indicating the divine life that's released by the death of Christ. Not only he redeems us, but he supplies his life to us. And this is what produces the church. Woman was not created separate from Adam, but came out of Adam's side. And we do not come into being, spiritually speaking, by anything we do, but we, as the church, came out of Christ's side. By his redemption, we were judicially made proper for God to come into us as life. And by the water that flowed out, we received the divine life into us. So, the church, which is typified by Eve, is really made up of the blood and the water, redemption and our organic salvation. We are really the product out of the side of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe before we heard this ministry, this uh, seemingly obvious correlation tended to escape us, didn't it? Yes, that's right. Let's rejoin Witness Lee for the conclusion of our life study today. You know, today, so many Christians talking about the church. Some would even say the church is just a material building. Many in the morning on Sundays would say, let us go to church. What they mean by the term church is just a building, physical building. After seeing this, you would never call that building a church. That is just a house. A material house, a house built with bricks, stones, or some kind of wood, sometimes aluminum and so forth. That is just a building. That is not a church. Then some got improved to say, well, the church is just a group of real Christians. Well, this kind of interpretation has much, much improved. (laughs) But be careful. Just a group of real Christians coming together, I tell you, they are still 
not the church. They are not. They are just a natural man. They are one Chinese and so many Caucasians, plus some Japanese, plus a good number of Mexicans. These are Chinese, Americans, Mexicans, Japanese. These are not the church. These are not the church. And what is the church? I tell you, the church is nothing less than Christ. The church is just a part of Christ. The church is something that comes out of Christ. And this something that comes out of Christ gets into you and gets into me and gets into you, into you, into you, into so many of us, all these Christ added together equal the church. The church is not a composition of Americans, Mexicans, Japanese, and Chinese. No, the church is the totality of all the Christ in all his believers. So we all have to put off all old men. But listen, though we have put off so much, we need further putting off. Then the living Christ will come out of our spirit. I tell you, we will say, praise the Lord. We have the church. No more Chinese. No more Caucasian. In this new man, there's no Jew, no Greek, no Caesar, no barbarian, but Christ is all in us. Francis, I think we agree. No doubt we have received a new view of the church. What does it mean in our daily experience to say that the church is really nothing less than Christ? You know, there is a verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that mentions that the church is Christ. The church is just of Christ. Just like the woman came out of Adam's side, so the church came out of Christ's side. Now, for the church to be something other than Christ would be a kind of mixture. Christ is really the content of the church. What God's purpose is in regenerating us is to give life to our spirit. And from our spirit, day by day, in our experiences, this Christ in our spirit is growing and spreading through our soul, through our mind, renewing our mind, through our emotion, balancing our emotion, through our will, subduing our will, spreading himself to be life to us. And actually, this life, in your spirit, in my spirit, spreading out to all the parts of our soul, this is the spreading of Christ himself, so that there is nothing in the church but just Christ. It's true that we have lots of things in us that are really not Christ. But, praise the Lord, Christ is growing. And the more we're into his word, the more we're in fellowship with one another, the more we day by day experience a church life where we really are fellowshipping in the spirit with one another and with the Lord. This life in us is growing, and this life is Christ. So very definitely, the church is Christ. The church is the body of Christ. A body is the same in person as the head. They're not separate. So God's intention is to spread himself 
through our whole being. I know this is a real mystery. Paul said, I speak concerning Christ and the church. When he was talking really about husband and wife, he made it very clear that these two become one. And finally, I would just say, in 1 Corinthians six seventeen, it says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So we and Christ are really one spirit. Thank you very much, Francis. I really enjoyed our fellowship today around this wonderful message. from. You have been listening to the Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge. Yeah.